Welcome to this morning, this day and this opportunity to be together in community, which is a time of joy, comfort and sometimes challenges. This Unitarian congregation is a place where we come to learn more about being human. We're not here because we've figured out life's questions or because we think we've got it right. We come here to learn more about being in relationship with one another, how to listen, how to forgive, how to be vulnerable, and how to create trust and compassion in one another. Whether here for the first time, a returning guest, seasoned visitor, or podcast listener, I welcome you all here to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians. And my name is Janine, and I'll be leading today's service as our Minister Sarah is away this week. We gather here each Sunday and at various times during the week in our own way affirming that love is our greatest purpose. Accepting one another is the truest form of faithful living, and that the search for truth is our constant star. We pledge our hearts, minds and hands to challenge injustice and courage and to find hope in times of fear. So let us move into worship, willing to be authentic with each other, honest with ourselves and opening to connection in all its forms. We're going to light our chalice and um, this week it's to acknowledge um, Ramadan that starts this weekend and it starts every year on the new moon of the ninth month of the lunar calendar. And in this holy month for Muslims, they fast from sunrise to sunset, increasing their prayers and worship activities, getting closer to Allah and connecting to an experience that all too many people experience, not having enough, not enough food or water, um, and they develop more compassion for those in need. So. Let's light our chalice for the many ways that religions and non-religious people alike connect with the suffering of others. I have a quick story for you now, and um, we have one child in, <laughs> in our children's group, but we all can be children and childlike at heart. And this story is by Pedro Sacreston, and I've slightly adapted it, and it's about how some of the things about us we may wish were different, or we may want to change them or hide them from ourselves or others, but these things might just be the very thing that help you most. And I'd like to apologise in advance for the stereotyping of witches as ugly and mean, as we know this isn't always necessarily the case. So this is the story of the ugly fairy. There was once a fairy who was learning how to be a fairy godmother. 
Most magical and wonderful, she was the kindest and cleverest of all the fairies. However, she was also considered to be a very ugly fairy. And no matter how much she showed her wonderful qualities, it seemed that everyone was determined to believe that the most important thing about a fairy was her beauty. In the fairy school, they ignored her. And every time she flew off on a mission to help a child or anyone else, before she could say a word, they were already screeching and yelling at her. Ugly, get out of here, weirdo. Sometimes she'd feel really sad about this and want to hide her face behind her long hair. And despite her being little, her magic was very powerful and more than once she thought of using her magic to make herself beautiful. But then she remembered what her mother had always told her. My dear, she said, you are what you are, warts and all, and never doubt that you are this way for a very special reason. Then one day, the witches of the neighbouring land invaded and, de and destroyed the country, putting all the fairies and wizards in prison. But our fairy, just before being attacked, put a spell on her own clothes and helped by her ugly face, she managed to pass for a witch. And that way, she was able to not get caught and follow the witches back to their den. Once there, she used her magic to prepare a big party for everyone, decorating the mountain cave with bats, toads, and spiders. The music was provided by a pack of howling wolves. While the party was in full swing, the fairy hurried off and set free all the fairies and wizards who had been imprisoned. And when all of them were free, they worked together on one big spell, which succeeded in trapping the witches inside the mountain for the next hundred years. And for the next hundred years or more, everyone remembered the great bravery and intelligence of the ugly fairy. And from that day on, no one in the land judged people by their appearance or saw ugliness as a disgrace. And whenever they met someone who they didn't consider beautiful or handsome, people were filled with joy, knowing that for that person, great things lay ahead. So I invite you to join me now in a time of prayer and reflection to be fully present here and now in this sacred time and space. Source of all, all love, all life, all hope, known by many names and in many ways. We don't know who or what you are or whether you can even be called a who or what. Our words fail us. Our minds fail us when we ponder the enormity, diversity and complexity and beauty of the universe and the world. 
And yet we sense we are more than we know and that our lives are part of a larger life, that we are indeed connected with everyone and everything in one interdependent web of being, and that there is something both imminent and transcendent that nurtures and sustains our lives and life itself, something that calls us and all life to greater wholeness and harmony. And yet there are times when that harmony and wholeness are shattered, when things happen in our world that we struggle to make sense of, such as the bombing this week in Manchester. These things, when they happen so close to home, can rock our foundations scare and shock us, frighten and deeply sadden us, whether we are directly affected by them or hear about them in the news. And it's in these times that we may not know how to respond or react, but in our reacting, may we be helped to choose love. May we heal and be healed, and may we face the uncertainties and tragedies of life with hope, faith and courage, knowing that life is good and that we are not alone. And in these moments of stillness now, may our hearts speak silently all the prayers of our lives, our soul's greatest joys and deepest sorrows, our triumphs and failures, our regrets and fears, our disappointments and losses, our hopes and our dreams. And in the silence of this room, and in the silence of our hearts, may we hear the call to a wider perspective and a deeper resolve. May we live with greater compassion and care for ourselves, others and creation. And may we touch each other more deeply, hear each other more clearly and see each other's joys and sorrows as our own. May we strive to be and become more than we are, more loving, more forgiving, more kind, honest, open, and more whole. May it be so. Amen. I came across a poem online and I'm going to share it with you. It's by David Bowden, who's an American spoken word artist, 
author and former pulpit minister, and he travels the world sharing his spoken word gospel as his ministry. And um, when I heard this piece, I was really struck by his passion which came through about our connecting and disconnecting with each other as human beings. And so I'm going to play you a recording of him performing his poem, and it's set to back background music, um, but you've got the words in your insert sheet, because at times, you know, you might want to follow along if you want. Um, it's about three minutes long, so you can just kind of settle into it. Woven into each and every one of us, there is an inner net. We connect to each other, thread to thread, cell to cell, heart to heart. When formed correctly, the net forms community, and we catch bones of life. We all yearn to be human in this connection, for it is the human connection. It's the reason why we have eyes, tongues, and lips, so we can be intertwined together as we see, speak, and it's the reason why we have right and left hands. So when my right reaches your left, pinkies, rings, middles, pointers, and thumbs interconnect in the loop of the human thread. But we have become disconnected by nations and nationalities, language and legalities, wars and quarantines, prejudices and bigotry. The net of humanity has been severed severely as we cut ourselves off in the pursuit of individuality. In the midst of this true world sensation, many are placing the blame on technology. As we burrow into our browsers, unplug by plugging in for hours, this blue skies are working in the clouds. Laugh out loud without laughing out loud. Humanity seems to be disconnecting at the one point in history when it is the most connected. But just as to the good, we are not entirely compliant or entirely resistant. Neither is this tool entirely consistent. For the problems of our world used to be too big and too distant to connect to and know of its widespread existence. But now our world is too small and too close for us not to make a difference. We can now connect crowds around the cause, the ignorant knowledge, the isolated the college, orphans to their fathers, donors to nonprofits, and injustices to those who can stop it. We can now see our newborn nephew, a revolution breakthrough, the truths as they live through, uncensored world news, and what is and is not true. We can now hear cries from Thailand, shout from Somalia, and can shove our arms, elbow deep through our screens, reach out and touch them. But so often we use this tool to ignore them and the rest of those humans. For just as fire can be used for warmth and destruction, we misuse URLs, firewalling off the world with distractions. We search daily but find nothing. Add friends but lose community. Look for love but get pornography. Try to discover ourselves but lose our identity. And though this entity is filled with both healing and brokenness, guilt and innocence, some of what's godly and some of what's devilish, that does not detract from its significance. When it comes down to it, the true nature of this new age unit is in how we use it. Woven into each and every one of us, there is an inner net. And I pray we may stitch our world back together as we knit, patch, and...
This following piece by Peter Morales, who was president of the American Unitarian Universalist Association until March this year, urges us to take spirituality from being only an idea to how we experience it in concrete ways through our connections to self, other and something bigger. What does deep spirituality feel like to you? Spirituality is impossible to define and difficult to describe. For me, it feels like connection. Connection to myself, to others around me, to the earth and all of creation. Connection to myself feels like deep peace, awareness, calm, authenticity. Connection to others feels like compassion, community, acceptance and enduring love. Spirituality is not an idea, it is an experience. When I experience connection, dividing lines disappear. Inner conflict gives way to integrity. The line that separates my individuality from others fades. We become one. I find connections with my deepest self in times of solitary practice and reflection. I find connection with others in community, often in worship. All the great spiritual traditions teach this. Today the connection with creation, with the earth and with the cosmos may be the most difficult. We live in artificial, controlled environments that separate us from the natural world. More than humans in any other time, we live separated from the natural world, the world from which we emerged and that sustains our lives. We so very much need to experience our world. We need to let go of controlling our world and allow ourselves to become one with it. We find ourselves when we lose ourselves. May we connect, really connect. When we do, it changes everything. So this address starts with the title phrase, Some Thoughts On. But unlike Sarah's definition last week, this time it's to frame the fact that it's going to be an interactive address. Deepening is an action word, a doing word. So I couldn't have a title with the word deepening in without us doing some practical things in the here and now. So concluding our month's theme of connection, we're going to focus on connecting to ourselves and then connecting to each other and then connecting on something bigger than ourselves. And for each I'll say a little something and then that will lead us into an invitation of doing an interactive exercise either now or at a later time. And you don't have to say anything or share with, with people, so it can be nice and private if you wish. So let's start with ourselves. 
The quote on your order of service by psychotherapist Amanda Melly states, when people go within and connect with themselves, they realize they are connected to the universe and they are connected to all living things. Connecting to ourselves includes becoming aware of and accepting those aspects of our personalities or our behaviours we don't like and we wish that we didn't have. It's very easy to connect to and own the things that we do like about ourselves. But for those which we don't like, which don't necessarily have to be bad things, it can be more difficult. And the psychoanalyst Carl Jung viewed that we held many positive qualities in our unconscious mind. And that though positive, we may reject them. And he termed this, the things that we hold or that we reject, as our shadow side. And our task is then to connect with these aspects of ourselves to become more whole. The story of the ugly fairy, which we heard at the beginning, touches on that similar theme of embracing the things that we try to hide and the things that we, didn't, we wish we didn't have. And in the story, others considered her as ugly and at times she wanted to use her magic to make herself look more beautiful. But she remembered what her mother had told her and she said, my dear, what you you are what you are, warts and all, and never doubt that you are this way for a very special reason. And in the end, it was purely because of the way that she looked that she was able to save the day. And although a, a fictional children's story, in real life it can be true too. And I can remember one of my own warts and all experiences about 10 years ago about something that I'd been hiding from myself. And this thing that I'd been hiding from myself was a call to ministry. And once I became aware of it, I did my best to suppress it. But after a while, I chose to connect with it, embrace it, and here I am on my continuing journey to ministry. So you may have had some similar experiences yourselves, and it might not actually be a call to ministry that you're hiding to you from yourself. It might be, who knows? Um, but by becoming aware of those things, there might be things you want to express more about different parts of yourself. So I'm going to give you all an invitation in the process of connecting more deeply to yourself which I saw on the Spirituality in Practice website. It's quite simply that when you're out and about, in this, maybe in the sun later, or maybe at home when the lights are on, and you see your own shadow, use it as a cue to pay attention to those parts of yourself that you don't like those parts of yourself and those behaviours that you pretend aren't who you really are. And think about how you might better connect with them.
So that's your first invitation. Because in accepting and deepening our connections to all parts and aspects of ourselves, we become more authentically who we are. And from that, we can be more authentic in our relationships and have deeper relationships. So that leads us on to connecting with others. David Bowden's poem, The Inner Net, which we heard earlier, reminded us of our innate desire for connection with one another, that we may be more used to connecting through digital means, but that need and desire for real deep connection with one another is the very fabric of life. He said, we connect to each other, thread to thrill, thread, cell to cell, heart to heart. When formed correctly, the net forms community, and we catch boatloads of life. We all yearn to be hewn in this collection, for it is the human connection. It's the reason why we have eyes, tongues, and lips so we can be intertwined together as we see, speak, and kiss. Truly seeing, authentically speaking, and physically kissing, connecting with one another. And although it can be easy to see only the surface as we rush about our daily lives, Taking the time to stop, truly acknowledge and connect to one another creates deep bonds of wider community. In her book, The Illuminated Life, Joan Chittister writes about a practice of acknowledging and affirming the other. She writes, It is a practice in many monasteries to turn and bow to the sister walking in procession with you after bowing to the altar as you enter chapel for prayer. The meaning of such in a monastic custom is clear. God is as much in the world around us, as much in one another, as on that altar or in that chapel. So in line with this practice, I invite you, give you your second invitation now, to do something similar. It's very quick and will only take a minute. And I invite you to stand or sit and briefly turn to your neighbour in any direction. And you may wish to take a centering breath first. And then when you're ready, if standing, to bow, or if sitting to not, to acknowledge that divine spark or deep humanity or whatever term feels right for you, to, to honour the core and that sacred, special, fundam fundamental worthiness of that person. And you can do it with a couple of people. And you don't have to say anything or physically touch. And if you'd rather not do the exercise, that's fine too. So I'll ring the, the Tibetan bowl in, in a minute. So I invite you to rise if you want to, or to turn, and you may sit and nod.
Thank you for doing that and the bows and, and hugs as well. Lovely to see. And I'm aware that there are many cultures and religions which include bowing in their greeting to another, such as in Japan and also in Rastafarianism. And maybe you're aware of other religions and cultures and countries where people bow to each other and the symbolic meanings attached to that. And I think that this little example shows how much something as simple as bowing happens on a large worldwide scale, which brings us to connecting with something bigger than and beyond ourselves. But in many ways, to connect more deeply with that which is sacred, we also need to acknowledge that oftentimes we feel disconnected. Lynn Underwood's book, Spiritual Connection in Daily Life, says this. Some religions seem to address the disconnect that we often feel between ourselves and the natural environment better than others. Native American religions, for example, emphasize the connections we have to the earth and living creatures. Hinduism has specific ways of envisioning our connections with animals and encouraging the connection to our own bodies as part of the natural world. But this connection to the natural world is not absent in Christianity, Judaism and Islam. Theologians of these traditions continue to creatively articulate how God and nature relate to one another. Franciscan spirituality envisions and describes this connection with all life effectively and creatively. St. Francis's song addresses brother son, sister moon, and we sung that at the start of the address. Around us, in our world, religious teachings, theological perspectives, and even some philosophical thinking help point the way for us to overcome our sense of separation. And one reason I think people can feel so detached from what's considered sacred to them is through viewing their connection as more of an intellectual exercise than a practical thing. And I know that I can sometimes fall into this trap and maybe you two do at sometimes too. But in the piece that Brian read, we're reminded of this. Spirituality is not an idea. 
It is an experience. So in that vein, I invite you for your third invitation to spend a couple of moments thinking about and jotting down on your post-it notes one practice you can or will do to deepen your connection to something greater than yourselves. Whether that for you is God, the universe, being part of a wider human family, or something else. And whether that practice may be prayer, or spiritual journaling, taking time in nature, or something that you used to do, or something new. Just jot it down, you don't have to share it with others. Maybe a word, or you might want to draw something that symbolizes this practice for you. And if you do want to share, after tea and um, in the tea and coffee room, there's a sheet up that you can stick your post-its on if you want to, but only if you want to. So I'll give you a minute to think about that and then I'll ding the bell. And if anybody wants a pencil and doesn't have one, just put up your hand. And something else might come to you um, after the service, um, or you can add to what you've already written. So let's end where we started off, with that quote on your order of service, when people go within and connect with themselves, they realize they are connected to the universe and they are connected to all living things. These different, differing levels are connected in and of themselves. The more we deepen our connections to ourselves, the greater our ability for deep connection with others, and deeper our connection to that which we hold as most worthy, divine, and sacred to us. So in your deepening of the connections in your existence, may you too find that they are one expression of the interdependent web of your own life. So may it be. Amen. So let us transform our world with our care and in the days ahead, let us deepen our own connections. And if we falter, be encouraged by the words of this Franciscan blessing. May you be blessed with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths and superficial relationships. So that you may live deep within your heart. 
May you be blessed with anger at injustice, oppression and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom and peace. May you be blessed with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may you be blessed with enough foolishness to believe that you may make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. So may it be. Go in peace and blessed be. Amen.